Hello, welcome to episode two of Cutting Weight. I'm Shane Winona, and joining me today is an acquaintance of mine, Mike Stahl. How's it going, Mike? Great, Shane. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, I'm glad to have you back. I, I mean, wasn't sure if it would be if we'd do another one of these, frankly, but I'm glad to be a part of at least episode number two of Cutting Weight. It's numero dos in Espanol. Por favor. Thank you for that. That's all I got. You. I always get a kick out of how you start the show because you never talk the way that you do when you say, hello. <laughs> it's kind of my podcast voice. Yeah. And then you even out like after that, but that's what makes this show. Well, I appreciate the, so great. the constructive criticism. If, I'll try to work on that for next time. I don't change a thing. Don't change a thing. It's what I look forward to most in the week. This pod, hello. I was going to say, if, if I'm the only person that ever listens to you talk on this podcast, I love that part because it just shows your enthusiasm. You're a little bit nervous and anxious about it, which means you care. I care deep down. You do. I'm thinking about this all day. I just I like I like hearing you do it because I, I know it 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 warms your heart. It does. So what what's going on, Mike? What, of warming your yeah, heart. Yeah. What are we drinking today? We're drinking Zombie Dust from Three Floyds uh, Brewery in Indiana. Very popular here in Northeast Ohio and through the Midwest. I'm I'm sure. Uh, but uh, in the spirit of Halloween, I bring to you Zombie Dust here, the undead pale ale, and it reads here on the label: "This intensely hopped and gushing undead pale ale will be one of <laughs> be one's only respite." Shane, you can edit that out after the zombie apocalypse, which shows you that most men will never choose a beer solely off of how it tastes, but more so a cool can marketing and a label that says basically nothing about the beer yeah three floyds always has those uh those funky labels and drawings to it is to bring it in you're like what the hell is that crap yeah it's kind of like a comic book type feel anyway another ipa american ipa our second it tastes um, more like just a regular i like ipa right right in the wheelhouse six point i think this one's a little bit higher 6.5 we had we talked last week Anything seven and a half, eight, might as well be melatonin for me. I just drink it, break out into hives, go into like a gluten coma, and then go to bed. Fetal position. Basically. Or I have seven, eight of them, do something unsavory, wake up in a jail cell. Yeah, those are, those are the nights your wife gets mad at you, right? Right. I pass out into an, an open flame fire. That reminds me of a story about my father-in-law. Easy Ed. Well, go ahead. Tell Fantastic. Us. Go guy. on. Fantastic guy. Drinks nothing but nothing but sewer beer, and and I get a kick out of it. He drinks Schaefer's. He drinks Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. He drinks nothing but but the cheapest of beers, and and you know he's doesn't have champagne taste, so that that's fine with him. But if you take him to say a Christmas party and give him Christmas ales, well, he's gonna drink them at the same pace that he drinks. Genesee and everything else and uh, that happened at a Christmas party uh, a few years back and uh, he had about six or seven Christmas ales Ugh, that and, can't be good and, and passed out into a gas log fire <laughs> <laughs> who, who, nobody got seriously hurt um, but uh, but it is a story I'll never forget and I'll always I'll, when, I, when I think about Christmas I'll think about Ed has he a, drank a, a Christmas ale since then? Sure. I mean, he'll drink whatever. Whatever's there. Yeah. Whatever you hand him, Just he'll keep drink it, it. Yeah, keep it at room temperature. And, and and wring it out of a sponge 
into a can or a bottle, and he will drink it. He's a simple man. I don't. I, don't, I, I like He's, that. We call him Easy Ed. Easy, Easy Ed. Ed. Easy Ed. Go on with the show, Shay. All right, the show. So it's uh, it's Brown Steelers Week, Mike. I don't know if you're aware of this. I'm quite familiar, um, as every uh, Cleveland Browns fan, lifelong or bandwagon or not, uh, all of the the wrinkled up shirts have been taken out of the cupboards and out of the closet and put back onto people's bodies, and they're wearing them everywhere here in Cleveland. It, and frankly, they have reason to be excited. Um, I think they've they've got a team here. They've got a great season going. They've got some momentum for a win, four game win streak. Miles Garrett, one of the best players in, in the NFL on, on the defensive side of the ball, and an offense that is playing smash mouth, running football like Jim Brown era type stuff. So they have reason to be excited. I think maybe we should tell people why this is a, a big deal to us. As you are uh, explained last time, you're. Uh... I am. Families yeah. from Pittsburgh originally, some of them. Right. Somewhere. Well, I mean, all of them. All of them. All, I think I was the only kid that was born in out of state. I was born upstate New York. We moved to Ohio when I was little. But I have to tell the story because so many people think I'm a Pittsburgh Steelers fan because I hate my dad or whatever. You know, all the Michigan fans or in just Ohio. A huge hillbilly. <laughs> Potentially. Okay. Potentially. Like all Pittsburgh Steelers fans? I'm not going to say I'm not. But. My mine is a story out of love of family and being raised and, and following you know kind of becoming falling in love with the team because I was you know exposed to them at a, at a pretty young age. I fought it off for a little while. Went to Steelers training camp and I believe the year was 1988. And I man, I don't know was what. that in Latrobe? In Latrobe, yeah. And I, and that's not the first time I had gone. It's the first time that I really kind of remember actually being there, being excited about it. And few people probably remember, you know, these these names, but you know, Bubby Brister, Merrill Hodge, Brian Hinkle. I saw all those guys for the first time at Steelers training camp, and I decided that was the year. I'm all, you know, this. I was finally starting to play football that year. I was probably sixth, seventh grade, uh, or at least had an interest in it. And I was like, all all in NFL Steelers are my team. This is going to be great. Week one, they play the Browns. Tim Worley fumbles the first three hands handoffs of his NFL career, and they get smoked fifty-one to nothing. That was nineteen eighty-nine, Mike. And I took I I and I had made up my mind. I didn't go back. I could have gone back in that day and said, you know what, I'm a Browns fan. Go Browns. Um, but I, you know, I it was ingrained in my DNA at that point that I was just it was going to go the other way. The foot. So as the football gods have it, later that same season. Like week 10, the Browns are in the race. The Steelers, I think, have fought back, you know, into, into relevance. The Steelers win 17-10. And after, after that, you can't, you can't. The gods have already tipped their, shown you their hand. You're a Steelers fan. It's, it's funny that you bring up the 51 nothing game because I had written that down as something to talk about because that was one of the things I remember as a kid. You know, obviously that was after the drive and the fumble and all that. Excitement of the people in Cleveland of winning that big in Pittsburgh at three rivers stadium oh. was crazy. I mean, everybody's all everybody would talk about. We beat the Steelers 51 to nothing. This is, if you go back, you know, prior in the seventies and stuff, they, they call it the jinx. Like Cleveland could not win in Pittsburgh and uh, to win 51, nothing to start the season in Pittsburgh. Like, I mean, you would have thought we basically won the Super Bowl. I mean, it didn't really even matter how the season, I don't even don't remember how the rest of that season went. 
We won 51 to nothing in Pittsburgh. I mean, amazing. Well, so, I mean, tell me about what, what's your kind of gut reaction here. I mean, so most of my adult life, I've had an opportunity to be a Steelers fan. And look, I started out with in some pretty lean years with Bubby. Uh, you know, that was actually kind of an exciting year. They made the playoffs, lost to Denver in the wild card. Or, no, went to the divisional round. Um, so that was kind of an exciting, exciting year, actually. But before that, Walter Abercrombie, Mark Malone, Cliff Stout. I mean, it was there were some lean years. But having made the choice, I got an opportunity to watch, for most of my adult life, winning football by the Pittsburgh Steelers. I could, you know, there weren't many games they just were not going to be competitive in. And that that's and I've got to see them win two Super Bowls, play in four. And I probably watched more as a child, but I don't remember remember those. But watch the Dallas Cowboys lost. I watched them with you guys in the dorm room on a I think a twelve inch black and white screen. I remember that was uh, Super Bowl nineteen ninety six. Our freshman year. Our freshman year of college. There was basically that was the last year of the Browns. We didn't know if we were gonna have a team anymore. Right. So I actually donned a Steelers jersey. I, I didn't know that. I thought maybe the Steelers were going to have to be my team. Like, you know, in the closest places. I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know the Browns were ever going to come back. I thought they were gone forever. We did, we just didn't know. So, yeah, we donned, uh, we all donned Steelers gear and watched that on a 13-inch TV yep. in the dorm room. I don't think that didn't turn out well for the Steelers, right? No, no. Uh, uh, Neil O'Donnell decided to make Larry Brown the first ever defensive back MVP of a Super Bowl by throwing him two gift pick sixes, I think. But yeah, it was fan it was it was it was great. You know, got to watch two thousand four or five. They uh, win the Super Bowl in Detroit, Jerome Bettis's last year. Then we go to a few years down the road. We play competitive football in the playoffs and out of the playoffs, but we're back, play the Cardinals, win that one. And then our most recent appearance we lose to the Packers. But it's been a good it's been a pr- pretty good ride. But when uh, but Ben's getting a little long in the tooth, and who knows what the future holds. So tell me about tell me about what Cleveland's feeling about this this new resurgence here. What's the what's the general feel? Is it here to stay? Is it is there a black cloud waiting over the horizon? I mean, there's, there's always that feeling that that might happen, that something bad's going to happen. I mean, I hear people even these last couple of games like we we get a big lead, and it's like. All right, how much time's on the clock? How's their team come back and win this game? They and, have made uh, it close at the end, but they have made it a little close, closer than uh, than need be at the end. But no, I think the the attitude's pretty good here. I mean, I think people are seeing. You know, we've got the talent. We've we've had some talent before, but offensively, I mean, there's really not any weak weak spots on the team. It seems like we finally have a coach that uh, knows what he's doing, knows how to manage a game, how to manage a team, how to call plays. Even for a rookie head coach, I mean, we've had that problem before. You know, rookie head coach can't call plays. We're always going to be a little, uh, little skittish. I mean, to, to to beat the Steelers this coming week, you know, undefeated team, I believe in Pittsburgh. It's in Pittsburgh. In does Pittsburgh. it matter though? Does it? Does... I don't know. Do they have fans in Pittsburgh? They do in Cleveland. Yeah, I think they're 12, letting 000. like six thousand or something like that. Yeah. So I don't think it doesn't matter like it used to. That's for sure. But um. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what I heard. Aldo Beckham went home sick today, so we'll uh, see how that sorts itself out tomorrow. And then, uh, you know, Baker got uh, popped in the ribs pretty good last week, so we'll see how he feels. But I'd imagine as long as they're uh, 
both physically able to, they'll they'll be playing. So uh, yeah, people are pretty pumped. You know, you you brought a brought up a story about going to Latrobe and seeing training camp. It kind of reminds me of when I was a kid going and seeing the Browns training camp, which was at the time was in Lakeland Community College out in uh, in Lake County, just uh, on the east side of Cleveland. And we would go we would go all the time. And two cool things I always remember. One, um, we had Bob Golick on a team who now does, you know, radio shows. Mike Golick, you know, his brother's probably uh, more famous for having Mike and Mike on ESPN. Yeah, Bob Golick went to high school with my dad, and he was playing for the Browns, playing nose tackle. So we'd go to the Browns training camp, and we got to talk to Bob Golick, which I thought was was awesome. Another good story Bob Golick I just thought of was um, – when I was in high, middle school, high school, his niece was one of my good friends, and she was one of our wrestling cheerleaders and whatnot. So he, and Bob Golick was a state champ wrestler, all-American wrestler at Notre Dame. So he um, he came to one of our matches in middle school, and he sat on the bench and, and coached us and stuff. So that's pretty cool, you know, when he was playing, and that was pretty neat. Bob Golick, but always getting to talk to Bob Golick at training camp. And then um, the other thing I always remember is, you know, this is back in the day. There, there's no cell phones. Your, your big thing was to get, you know, an autograph if you could. But you would just go get there early. And as the players got out of their car, there was no, like, players parking lot. There was no security. Players got out of their car, and you just you went up to them, and, or you, you knocked on their window, and they were sitting in their car, yeah. said hi, and they gave you an autograph. But I actually had a – so um, Marty Schottenheimer was the coach, 80s there. I had a baseball card – football card I guess Marty Schottenheimer when he played for the Bills and he he was just trying to get into you know practice or whatever get in the building and he was kind of shooing people off and I'm like hey coach can you sign this card and he he saw what the card was you know he doesn't see those every day so he signed it so I still have that somewhere that was kind of cool those are two of my uh, fondest memories growing up as a little kid being Browns fan but you know our whole family was so it was from day one you know watching the 80s games cardiac kids before that, my grandparents, you know, living room with dog bones on the floor and the whole, the whole nothing, nine yards. That had nothing to do with them being Browns fans, though. Well, they didn't. They didn't feed me real. The, food both of them were hoarders. <laughs> it might have been it. Yeah, I mean, there were dog bones and several dead cats, as I remember. Uh, let's talk about what what's it going to take to get over the hump. What's going to take the the Red Sox had such a you know a big streak without a World Series, without a, without a a championship. The Browns. You know, do you just do you just need to be competitive for everyone to kind of get excited? Do you do you need to be in the playoffs? I think you know half the league will be this year for the first time. Yeah, I mean, you need to you need to get in the playoffs this year for sure, and and to really turn the corner, we need to win a playoff game. Here's the here's here's my worry for the city of Cleveland. It's not, and I just, I just bring it up because they were good before Bernie. 87 through or 85 through 89 right they were i mean they were really good they were they were yeah they're even good into i mean even their last couple years at 94 95 with belichick that's true 11 yeah Yeah, absolutely the curse is the fumble the drive they lose it's not just you know the legacy is not just that they've been really bad and had one game or zero win or whatever seasons the previous legacy is that they they win or they 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 kind of disappoint in these very marvelous ways that's really the kicker right so my only fear for the city of cleveland and my dear wife who's a browns fan 
whose mood swings go with the with the wins and losses just like mine do and you admittedly yours do as well monday mornings are not as cool <laughs> after a loss when you know no victory mondays are way better than absolutely and every, the the mood at work changes with people in, in in these cities every football city probably but the real my only fear is that they get to that point again something you know something else happens in that fashion yeah but you can't let that you can't let that fear you know keep you back i'm just you saying you guys should probably just stay 0 and 16 it would be better we had a parade when we were 0 and 16 <laughs> I, I i don't want to do that ever again not that I, I went to it okay predictions score and win or loss here as long as everybody's healthy for the browns i think the browns are going to win this one 31 24 31-24. Yeah, they, I mean, they've been putting they up 30 just, points a game. They don't just beat the spread. They cover, cover big, and they win. Yeah, they're going to win. Why would I think they're going to lose, Mike? Well, I don't know. Maybe just because you're a realist. Well, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think? I think I think the, the Browns have a really – they're riding an emotional high right now. I think the most emotional team sometimes comes out the gate, makes a lot of mistakes early. I'm going to say they probably split this year. I'm going to say the Steelers win the first one, 28-24. That's a reasonable guess. But I mean, they're going to lose the Steelers. I mean. Fair enough. You're not going to get any reality TV out of me. So what do you think? What's going to happen at the 50-yard line at the start of the game? Should we just oil up Mason Rudolph and put him on a spit and roll him out and just let Miles Garrett chew into him? Or what are we going to do? Do you think? Do you think? I wait, mean. Is this behind us? It, it's behind the Browns, I'm sure. I mean, my. Mason Rudolph's not going to play unless Ben gets hurt, right? Not unless he's grown into some kind of Taysom Hill talent. Yeah, Somehow that's run, not gonna now happen. runs a 4-4 and is 250 pounds, built like a linebacker, yeah, can catch and throw the ball. That's not happening. We know he can't do two of those. Yeah, that's not going to happen. So I, I don't – I mean, they'll, they'll talk about it on the new – you know, pregame. They'll talk, yeah. The announcers will talk about it. But, I mean, nothing's going to happen – Unless some, you know, I don't know what the Steelers feel about it. Unless they're going to try to get some sort of retribution against Miles Garrett. No, I think they have a ton of respect for. You got, I mean, retribution, nothing. You just better try and block them. You better put a tight end and a tackle over there. Um, You better have a a running back that's ready to block them. I mean, he's he's a force to be reckoned with for sure. How how about this stat I heard last week? So. Up until last week, the most wins since the Browns came back in First Energy Stadium or Cleveland Browns Stadium or whatever by any quarterback was Ben Roethlisberger. I have heard that stat. In fact, in Ohio, not just First Energy Stadium, but like Cincinnati as well, he's the the winningest (laughs) quarterback in like the state of Ohio or something like that. You know, they, they have not been great teams. Uh, the Bengals or the Browns, but you know, I still I think that's credit to around. credit to Ben to to win all those games. I mean, it's it's still win, a win in the NFL on the road. No matter, I guess maybe maybe against the Browns, the Bengals isn't as good as winning it, you know, in New England or something. But it, to do that many times over that many years is still still pretty impressive, right? Yeah, he's a pretty gritty guy too, and I think that's a key to you know the next the next four games. The the first four games, I think the you know the team who's proven the most is probably the Browns. The first four games. Five games for you. I mean, the four four games for the Steelers. The Steelers next four games: Browns, Titans, Ravens, and then somebody else are the most important. I mean, they they haven't played a team with a winning record yet. 
they've let some teams hang around in all of those games. I think the the Steelers have more to prove than the Browns at this point. Yeah, that's probably that's fair to say. I would agree with that. I had something else on the tip of my the tip of my tongue. Now, now you're just gonna put zombie dust on the tip of your tongue. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> just tell me your your honest opinion. Did Mason Rudolph say what Miles Garrett said he said? I mean, it's very interesting that the NFL has audio of every single thing that happens on the field of every game, but they some reason don't have the audio of what happened right before uh, the helmet went swinging. Yeah, I find that find that kind of odd. So I, I don't know. It, maybe maybe Mason Rudolph didn't say it, and somebody else did. And he thought it came from Mason. I don't know. I think the ref said it. Did you just call him racist Rudolph? <laughs> racist Rudolph? We could. Rudolph the the racist reindeer? Who's the guy? Didn't you have a guy called the Duck? Wasn't it the Duck guy? Duck Hodges. Yeah, Duck Hodges? Duck Hodges won six games last year before he laid like four absolute eggs uh, towards the end of the season. But he kept them. Ducks do lay eggs. Yeah. Chickens. Ducks too. Ducks as well. I Ducks guess. lay eggs. Yeah, they're off. What kind of animals lay eggs? I don't know what they're called. Birds. 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 i say birds. All right, Mike. So enough about this uh, Brown Steelers game. Hey, somebody just uh, somebody just walk in here? Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to do that so bad. We screwed that up. Hey, everybody. It's Jim Ayers. Hey, Jim. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, my gosh. I am so glad I'm here. I can't believe I found this place, <laughs> but it's like a it's like a safe haven in the middle of Joga County, and I can't tell you how excited and just tickled to death I am to be here right now. Do you know what Geauga stands for? I think it stands for some sort of... It's an Indian word, if I were to guess, but I don't know specifically. Maybe you know, Mike? It's a raccoon, actually. <laughs> I think you just yeah. made that up. So it's I like a scavenger that animal that steals garbage and smells horrible. So that's great. I'm no. glad that you could be a part of this, this no, whole... Nocturnal as well. What does uh, San Diego stand for? I believe it's German for a whale's <laughs> vagina. Well, Jim, when in, when in Rome. You, what brings you in? Well, I heard uh, a couple buddies of mine were doing a little podcast, and uh, <laughs> I really didn't want to be hanging out at home, so... I figured, you know what, I'll go drink some beer with these guys and listen to them talk about the Browns and random things that are funny and uh, have a couple beers and sound like a good way to spend a Thursday night. Jim, um, you don't know this yet, but Ayers Well Drilling has sponsored several of the proceeds that have gone into this podcast just so you had another place to hang out. Is that? That's what, that's what I was told. Yeah, I'm going to have to look into that. I think... Um, there's, pro- there's probably some uh, checks and balances at our company we need to go go through to see sure. if that's actually the facts. But Make sure it's legit, because I, what I understand was a pretty pretty hefty amount. Well, my dad's getting older, and I think he's been writing a lot of checks to uh, just checks about whoever whoever calls and asks for some money. I think he's kind of getting to that point where he wants to be a little more gregarious in his uh, spending of all of his, uh, his, lucrative, his very lucrative contracts that he's made throughout his years. So I would not be surprised at all. Shane, now we have Jim here. Let's 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 bring up our next topic of discussion and let's really get some good some good banter here. I have a feeling Jim's gonna take us up a notch here. Okay, okay, we'll do that. So maybe first, real quick, just in case there's somebody on here is another friend is not another one of our friends and they want to know who Jim Ayers is, and we we'll give a little quick background. Another native Clevelander, former wrestler, 
at John Carroll with Mike and I. Scorpio. Big time Scorpio. Scorpio. Oh, I did Big not time. know that. I'm not into that, but He's okay. a fighter. Birthday's in like three weeks, so just He's FYI, everyone out there. November 3rd. November you 3rd. know, you might be the only people in this room that I know all of your birthdays. Shane, February 21st. Mike, next week, Tuesday, October 20th. I actually know three other people that have Jim's exact same birthday in the same exact year. Is that right? It's a little weird. I have a random question I'd like to ask both of you. How old were you the last time you shit your pants? Um, I'll take this one. <laughs> um, I, I thought that might be where this question I, was. Honestly, I can, give you, I can give you the background and the actual story if you'd like, or are you just looking for a date? Let me take the pressure off. I turn 44 next week. I was 43 years old the last time I shit my pants. It does make me feel slightly better Good. because... I do remember, I know you guys were talking earlier about, uh, you know, Brown Steelers week, which is huge for this area, and I'm a huge Browns fan, so it means a lot to me. Last time I shit my pants was, uh, it was probably, it wasn't a Brown Steelers week, but it was a Monday after a Browns game when, you know, I decided to go down to a game, did some tailgating, maybe made some poor decisions when it came to my diet that day and everything else. So, uh, yeah, working uh, the next day. Um, doing some manual labor actually, and then right, right about the middle of uh, you know digging a big hunk of clay out of a pit with a shovel, I just said, "Uh oh!" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, luckily it was on like a new construction type job where there was a, a dumpster nearby, and uh, I literally went over, took my pants off, threw my underwear in the dumpster. And uh, cleaned up as best I could, the best you can with some paper towels, and that's about it. And uh, it's probably like 12 years ago, but I mean, that that's day, you know, sticks with me for sure. I don't know about you, Shane. What about you? I don't I don't have a lot of experience with shooting my pants. I remember, I, I do remember one time, in, in the house we all lived in in college when I got some, some Chinese food, some <laughs> lo mein, if you will. I had my feet up on the uh, the coffee table. Do you remember the old coffee table? And uh, I thought I'd just let out a little little toot, if you will. No. A little more came out than I was uh, bargaining for. Yep, yeah, that happened, so. That, that will happen. Have, has any of you ever shit your pants somewhere and had to, like, and flooded okay, a bar? here we go. Here we go. <laughs> I kind of saw where this was going. So I may have, geez, 20 years ago, we'll say, uh, shit my pants in a bar. And completely accidental, came out of nowhere, and decided the best, you know, the best course of action would be to then take those underwear and get rid of the evidence, right? So I run into the bathroom. That's always the best course yeah, of I action, mean, by the way. Yeah. Numero uno. Right. So that was a good idea, but probably a poor way of actually disposing of them, throwing them down a toilet. And then flushing them, hoping that all my problems were gone. Well, little did I know that toilet couldn't handle. A shit-soaked pair of size, underwear. Size 34, boxer briefs. And the next thing you know, that bathroom is flooding. Everyone in the bar knows someone shit their pants. And it didn't take long <laughs> until, uh, yeah, the, it, it, all the fingers pointed back at me. So the, 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 that's one story. The funny part of it was... About, <laughs> oh, so there's a funnier part? Oh, <laughs> I yeah. thought we already so got about, the part. About four or five years after the fact, I'm coaching wrestling at John Carroll. I'm... Hanging out at a in a dorm room before uh, a night class I'm taking, and 
some girls are talking about who's the wrestling coaches there now, this and that. And someone said, well, there's, you know, Bill, there's Joe, there's Bob, and there's Jim. And they say, what, what, what about Jim? And they, they're asking about Jim. And somehow they make the connection. They mean, oh, you mean shitty Jim. <laughs> so literally, it was like five years after the fact, it was still going around Carol that some wrestling coach shit his pants, <laughs> flushed it down a toilet, flooded a bar, and I was known as shitty Jim for forever i guess at that point so uh, you know that that was probably the low point of my like shitting my pants lifestyle but i I feel like i you know since then it's it's been all up uphill from there if you are in going to pick up a life of shitting your pants there aren't many high points i will venture to say can you let me ask you i've tried to get off that train though mike try and verbalize the cartoon sound (laughs) that that was made (laughs) when it when your your bowels did break loose at say the drill site, the, the sound that I made or the sound my bowels made, <laughs> or the, uh, the alarm that was two, two distinctly different sounds there. <laughs> like I a, believe it was no, it was more like yeah, it was more like a <laughs> like a bang. It was a sad, it was a sad, sad sound. What I'm thinking of is like the in Stand by Me where the kid ate all the blueberry pies and then created and then, a total barforama. <laughs> total barforama. Yeah, that's fantastic. Good times. Speaking of nicknames, Shitty Jim here just brought up a great point. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about some. You, you made a point the other day that funny thing about nicknames is you. You don't really get to control them sometimes. You have zero control. That is true with Shitty Jim. It's never it's never been truer. And really, people don't call me that just for everyone. <laughs> well, they will now because this is going to blow did, up. You know. No, they call him okay. SJ now. Whatever. But, but I remember we were on a road trip. It was late. I, I was in the backseat of a Chevy Nova or whatever we were driving back from, from South Carolina at the time. And I said, I, you know, what well, guys, I need a nickname. And I asked you guys to start calling me Fwip. <laughs> I for, I, yeah, this is bringing back memories, Fwip. And th- that brings up my first point about nicknames is you don't, you can't control the nickname. You don't, you don't get to pick it. You don't say, hey, call me, call me Fwip. People won't just uh, okay. Well, yeah, because it never it never stuck, right? Well, it doesn't stuck. It didn't last forty five minutes into the trip after I insisted on it. And I think if we made it to the next gas station, I introduced myself to the person behind the counter as Flip. It didn't last. It brings me to I'd like to make my next point here with my good friend Shane. Shane comes to visit my hometown, Lima, Ohio. We go to Ralphie's. We go out to have a nice dinner. Yeah, who would have thought something would even. Shane, we'd be, we we'd be talking go, about that 25 all, years later. We all go through the, the menu. We order wings, pizza, you name it. And the young lady turns to Shane and asks what he would like to eat. And he says, I'll have the, sp- <laughs> the spicy Sicilian sandwich. From that moment forward, Shane was called Spicy Sal. For You just can't control it. And sometimes the... the you know, it's a, just a touch of fate that comes down and says, "You are a spicy Sal from here on out." And there's a there's a handful of uh, of good friends that call me that when they see me every night. You know, on occasion, it's not my go to name. I'm mostly just Shane. You know, but, I uh, think I think God has a plan, <laughs> and you know when when it's the time is right to really don that nickname to that person. 
Uh, he'll he'll let you know. I don't think. Yeah, you'd think he wouldn't meddle in those types of things, but I really do. When it's bespoke, you look at Shane, and when you finally get past the Tiger Woods facade, you think spicy Sal. You might look at Shane just walking by on the street, and you think that guy's name is Sal, and he looks spicy. But he, but for a while, <laughs> I also believe he was also referred to as the Italian cowboy. <laughs> Or the white tiger one. <laughs> so just, Shane's yeah. been been blessed. Been blessed several, with multiple nicknames. Multiple. None of them very good. But they could, and it's better than shitty Jim. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> and it's also better than Whip. Speaking from experience, Jim, it's better than shitty Jim. I mean, I'd, I'd trade shitty Jim for spicy Sal in a heartbeat. <laughs> Although you wouldn't want to be the underpancher. <laughs> no. No. That's a whole different story. Yeah, I don't know if we have time for that one. <laughs> But Mike can unpack all that. I mean, Mike, you've pretty much has been stall to your to your but, John Carroll high school friends, right? But you were like from my from what I've heard, like you you took on the name Jethro back in your uh, military service days. I did, yeah. Can you tell us how that uh, that came to be. So Sean Sean Henley and Mike Stall, myself, were both uh, assigned to the. Third uh, Brigade Combat Team, the Rockasans of the 101st, and uh, Sean Henley quickly became Don Henley, and, and there's just one, you know, one officer in the brigade headquarters who had, you know, a mild sense of humor and was a little bit, little bit of a jerk. But he's, you know, one day, Sean Henley comes in, he's like, Sean Henley, like Don Henley. <laughs> so he became Don Henley, and then took him a couple weeks, but you know, the wit finally came around. He said. Like Mike Stall, like Jethro Stall, like Jethro Tall, <laughs> and then I became Jethro. God, it was so witty. It's Don Henley and Jethro Stall, and uh, we together became the Boys of Summer. <laughs> hence, hence, if you want to follow Mike on Twitter at Jethro Stall, but that that name stuck like camel spit. In fact, I can't even like most guys don't even know my first name in the army. They can just call me Jethro, and I'm fine with that. Even people at um, Amazon now call me Jethro. The gen- the How does people at Amazon like get, that that, get that name? Um, because the people that introduced me to the company were, ah. were um, um, from the Army. The reason I like that name is because I'm, I'm Mike or Michael, and that name is as popular as could possibly be when I was growing up. I had five Michaels or Mikes in every homeroom that I was ever in. So every time somebody said Mikes, five kids turned their name. Or turned their head. So Jethro was a was a nice turn, and as nicknames go, they don't get much better than that. No, that's a good one. It's got a good story behind it. It's not making fun of you for something you did, really. It's yeah. just kind of a, it fits you. I can see how it fits you. I mean, you're a Steelers fan, so it's kind of hillbilly sounding. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I have to explain it to the rock and roll impaired. It's lost on the. Lost on the younger generation. The millennials. The millennials. Those damn millennials. But Jethro Stoll. And then, you know, oh, yeah, that's the uh, that's the singer, the rock and roll singer. It's like, no, it's not actually. It's the name of a band, but it's not actually the. Oh, it's not an actual person? That's the, that's. Oh, damn band. it, Shane. Mike, I, I actually wrote this down, too. Uh, how good am I at naming who sings songs when you hear them on the radio when you're in the car? Terrible. I don't know who sings any song. <laughs> Really, I'm just guessing. I know names of bands, and I just I just throw them out there. Yeah, there's been a number of times where a classic Beatles song 
one of the more popular songs in the history of the world is on the radio and you say this is uh, who is this is this eagles no no chance not the eagles but it is an animal it see close i should really count for something it's like uh, i have a friend um from high school who i man i haven't talked to forever and that's the sad thing about friends from high school but matt quatman could not get the lyrics from songs right ever was he in a band no, oh, that's no, cool. he never had to sing them, but he he voluntarily sang them, and the one you know the one first day we recognized it was he came into he came into school and he was singing Tuesday sunshine. We're like, oh, what, Matt, what was that? <laughs> Dude, the song Tuesday sunshine, like it's a good day sunshine. That's what he's saying. Good day, good day sunshine. He said, uh, <laughs> Steve Steve Miller band. Big old jet airliner. Big old jet airliner. Matt Quatman thought the words of that song were Big Old Jed had a light on. <laughs> Big old Jed had a light on. I'm not I'm not that bad. I just don't know who sings anything. I mean, I'm I'm just horrible. I, I play the sometimes my wife play the game. She's really good with nineties songs and knows every obscure song who sings them and a song come on and it'll be like who sings this? I don't know. I don't know. I'll tell her I don't know. She knows who sings it. Remember that Jim and I bad. played a game. We got kicked out of the. Remember we got kicked out of the Mohican um, State Park. We went canoeing with Caprozzi. Yeah, it was for the uh, Chris Farley Memorial. Tim Ber- or Tom Bernat did something that got us all kicked out, I believe. And I think he entered think he someone's had, tent. Yeah, well, actually, it was uh, someone else. <laughs> but there was a. Uh, there's a lot of rustlers on a canoe trip, by there the was way. A, if you can only imagine how There was like a, a softball diamond right next to the campsites, and everyone was just playing wiffle ball there, and one of the guys decided to take a shit on home plate. <laughs> it's kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, if you will. Yeah, that, um, there were... That I mean, that, there was a that. lot of things leading up to that, but that, uh, that kind of was the caveat that said okay yeah. guys maybe it's time to go that was the that we really jumped the shark there but i'll tell you what we did do the three of us we went home when they kicked us out of the campground showered up and went out to the bars that night back in uh cleveland sure. that's what you do that's what you do and you play through that's i think that's yeah. what they yeah just... we didn't quit just because we were already passed out at eight o'clock and but i remember that night Mohegan. we drove back and we're driving back in your maroon ford ranger yep with a dent in the tailgate Mm-hmm. And we we would go from station to station, and we play the, like the first three or five seconds from every song. And I, I it's one I, I can't explain it, and I don't know what got me to this point. It's either listening to songs with my during traveling soccer with my dad or whatever. But I can I can name a song. I won't even listen to two seconds of it. I can tell you who it is, who it was written by. It's a I, gift, Mike. It is a gift. I can even do that with movies. I can see the credits from a movie, and I'm like, oh, that's. You know, speaking of credits and movies, isn't uh, wasn't there a Mike Stall in the credits for uh, Three Amigos? You can you can fact check this. <laughs> I don't know why I remember that. You told me that one time when we were like in college, like freshman. Movie. I don't know yeah. how you ever found it out. It's like the very end. I saw the movie. <laughs> I saw the movie in the theaters with my dad. My dad never got up early at a movie to leave. When the credits were rolling, he would stay there until everyone had left the building. If there was weird. a fire, That's I'm weird, pretty though. sure we would be the last people out of that movie theater. And we watched the entire credits. It comes down to the it comes down to stunt people. And if you watch Three Amigos, I remember it like it's yesterday. Michael Stoll. 
stunt person. Wow. That had to be a big moment for you. It was because I played a little Mexican child. <laughs> uh, st- you were the stunt double for a little Mexican child. I did. Obviously. I came out and I said, Adios mio. <laughs> So, no, so like the wind, little Javier. <laughs> so very old book. No, yeah. So I'm I, not sure why you just put your hands on your face like Home Alone. <laughs> I don't know. That's that's what they do in that movie. Try and say <laughs> Dios mio without doing that. It's impossible. It's so impossible. obviously, Mike Stahl, the stuntman, big deal. I have a funny one though. So Mignona, my last name, not very common, right? Know who actually has my last name? Remember Joey Lawrence? Yes. The actor? Like, His real last name is Mignona. He's Joey Lawrence Mignona. Wow. Oh. Wow. Little, uh, Little known fact. Tidbits. Six degrees of separation. Whoa. Whoa. Is that what he used to say? He was on, what show was he on? Blossom. Blossom. I think Blossom was one of the girls that I saw on the, <laughs> the Twitter <laughs> rabbit hole or whatever I went yep. down today. Boy, if you thought she was hot. <laughs> so the the subject is clickbait, and we were just talking about how we get taken down like a, like like prey. But well, we weren't talking about it on the podcast. We were talk, talking about it when we took a break. But well, we're right. I'm, I'm introducing it to the audience. Here. <laughs> oh, sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Our, pro, by pro, our, proceed. By audience, I mean only our dearest of friends. <laughs> and probably not even them. And not. And only one of them. The tagline is always, if you thought she was hot when you were in eighth grade, <laughs> when do you see what she looks like now? And it starts with, you know, maybe it's Alyssa Milano. Right, you're like, yes. yeah, she's so pretty good. No, what was her? She yeah, was Samantha. Samantha from yeah. Who's the Boss? Who I, I've Hold heard they Tony Danza. I've heard they're bringing it back. We'll see. Yeah. It's gonna be. <laughs> so we'll Shane, see. Shane, you sound What's like you've been Shane's you've been following this. Shane's a skeptic. <laughs> no, that's the first it. I heard of that, but I'm a little skeptical. <laughs> no, I was. I don't know if well, I want to see Samantha again in that role uh shane the shane memory of it, it was so good shane i'll i'll believe it when i believe it. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get emotionally tied to this i just i exactly. think Alyssa milano's hot Alyssa milano's hotter now than she was when she was 12 14 yeah, I, hope so. I mean wow. i'm not saying that just because it's legal to say that yeah but when you were 14 and she was 14 you thought she was pretty hot yeah i don't know maybe i don't know if she was maybe she, i don't Let's, know if are we I think she, was, she was she was like yeah one of those girls when you're in middle school you're like oh my god She's really, you know, cute, but I don't know if she was the top of the list. For quickly, me. Winnie Cooper or Samantha? Oh, Samantha. Yeah, I gotta go Samantha too. I don't. Uh, what was her la- last name on the show? Danza. <laughs> Does it? Who cares? I, I don't was, know why. I just trying to. I couldn't think of it. I think it, it was Belvedere. <laughs> Webster. <laughs> Fight, you, were you Winnie Cooper guy, Mike? Yeah. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah, I was. I mean, she I, she had a unique look to her for sure. She did for sure. I can't really say what uh, what attracted me to her. I was also a little bit Fred Savage. I'm not afraid to say. I mean, you guys know I've always been. A yeah, as much as the whole Jim. Savage family. We would walk Boy in. Boy meets a- world. I mean, Topanga was like a a girl yeah. that I really enjoyed watching. I don't. Even, I want to know how old she was, like when she was in that show. I, I'm praying she was over eighteen. So probably. <laughs> I, I really honestly believe I started this rumor. Like I believe I've started many other many other trends, right? Shane but this one for real. 
the crew I started the crew cut trend. I started the the blonde hair dye trend that you remember from my okay. from our orientation days. I, am. I also believe I started the rumor that Ralph Macchio was thirty three when he was starting. I, I don't cut. think I don't think that's that far off. Yeah, he was I like think twenty, he was like, like six in his or mid something. Twenties. I mean, yeah, it was definitely way older than the character he was playing. Well, he, I mean, he definitely was playing a young kid. And it's pretty sad that he was 28 years old and he looked like he was 14. To be honest with you, Cobra Kai now, I mean, he looks like he's maybe 25. Let's talk and he's about, like 50. He's 50. This is. Let's talk about Cobra Kai. Let's talk about the duality of man. Let's talk about the protagonist, antagonist nature of that show. Karate Kid, now to Cobra Kai. You're the philosophy major. Lead us. Shane, oh, sensei. Shane, who are you rooting for? Wow. I mean, I don't know. It's a tough one. I just love them both so much in just different ways. First of all, Mike, have you finished the first two seasons? I can honestly say I haven't. Okay. Come on! Okay. I so, have. I so can I mean, honestly you're, say you're I have. behind the eight ball here. I know what I understand from my discussions with you guys. And I will watch the entire... We'll have a fulsome discussion about this here at some point. What I love about that show is it takes the antagonist from the karate kid and then puts him in a position to be the hero but also doesn't necessarily yeah i mean they make daniel son daniel larusso yeah and his last name was mcdonough too i think in real yeah life. daniel larusso and mcdonough that's right <laughs> hyphenated gosh if shane were ever to get married to a man it would be daniel larusso and McDonough. that'd be one pies out. but but they don't they don't necessarily well, they, it would be like joey mcdonough mcdonough that's what their kids would be named <laughs> They don't. They don't necessarily absolve Johnny, and they don't necessarily just make Daniel Larusso the the bad guy. Yeah, they they no, kind of it's, show it's them in different lives. I mean, it's just that. Yeah, I mean, it, it gives you just a show where I don't know what the next season's going to hold. I mean, it's going to be really kind of interesting to see where this goes because there's going to be like every story, a winner, a loser. I mean, the, the cool part is, I mean, original Karate Kids, and you hated Johnny Lawrence, right? Yeah, he was a dick. Yeah, so in the new one, I mean, in these, these Cobra Kai's, like, you get a soft spot for the guy. I mean, I kind of feel bad for him, and I want him, I want him to be the hero. I want him to succeed. Oh, I'm 100% Cobra Kai at this point in my life. But do you, you, you like John Kreese in Cobra Kai? No, but I feel like you can tell that Johnny Lawrence is, like, realizes how messed up John Kreese was yeah, obviously. so you know he's he's like he's I think Johnny Lawrence trying to make it, make some amends and make it right. He he saw the ways of the original Cobra Kai that just you know didn't align with like being remotely like a good human. So, but it also like it, it makes me not not only do I really feel like I'm siding with Johnny Lawrence in his version of Cobra Kai. But like Daniel Larusso is like such a pussy, you know. He may, like I can't stand him. And granted, he was like thirty five years ago, <laughs> and he's somehow like yeah, he's he, seventy you know, years old now. You know, he's a seventy five year old, you know, dojo running. Well, he's a sensei. very he's a very successful car salesman. Don't forget but about that. His wife's pretty hot in the show. That's too. Actually, yeah, it's gonna bring that up also. Yeah. He always got good-looking ladies. I mean, he did, and we could talk about Elizabeth Shue too. But I heard there are rumors, though, for Karate or Cobra Kai season three, that she's coming back into the mix, which will be interesting to see. Wow, 
So, and if you ever decide to watch season two, Mike, you'll probably see where that's leading. Uh, I like to point out that I was way ahead of the game. I watched these before they were even on Netflix, and it really blew up. I was just yeah, you watched them on uh, still on YouTube. It was actually an accident. You were you were actually had Googled something on you porn that took you to Cobra. You had Googled Cobra. He Mike. Googled Daniel LaRusso on YouPorn and got him to Cobra Kai. Mike, it's really, it's really about the journey, not the destination. You know that. Well, you stumbled upon a real gym here, Shane. Do you think... Uh, okay, hey, let's I, take Johnny Lawrence's athleticism as a youngster. And you know what? And, and, like, and some, but someone to, something to do with the podcast, I know because we're all wrestlers, Johnny Lawrence was actually like a, a championship wrestler in high school. Zabka? Zabka was. William Zabka was uh, like a New York State. I mean, he might not have been a state champ, but I think he was like a, you know, like a league champion, captain of his wrestling team. Like he was a successful youth wrestler. So just giving you that background for his athleticism. Proceed, Mike. Take one, William Zabka, but take his character, Johnny Moore. Difference, different environment, different upbringing. Wax on, wax off. Pair him up with Miyagi. He's unstoppable. End of story. Daniel Russo doesn't stand a chance. You think so? I don't know if he had the... When he was a kid, if he had, had it in him for that discipline. But if, if you put Daniel LaRusso in, in the Cobra, Cobra Kai, Kai, he would have quit week one. John yeah. Kreese would have bled him out in a minute. Yep. Daniel LaRusso would be... Would be waxing cars for this. He, he would be waxing. I'm waxing off. What do you? What do you? Not guys, karate style. What do you guys think about Karate Kid Two and Karate Kid Three? Chosen Sato. <laughs> I think Two. I watched that recently with my son, and I, I think Two is still pretty good. I think Three. I need to watch it again. It's been a long time, but I, I think I really like Three also. I think Three. You know, those first well, three that's were when Dan, that's Hunter. when Silver like. The silver, Quicksilver method. Quicksilver method. That's it. Oh my God. That, well, they, I mean, that's a whole different thing. They basically said, let's go back. Let's go back to our roots. Let's create a villain that's a worse than John Kreese. Right. With a horrible ponytail. <laughs> let's make him sleazy. And we want him to look sort of like Steven Seagal. There's yeah. your man. They call Steven Seagal. He's like, I'm busy. He's like, how about you? You got a ponytail. You're in. And we don't count the, the karate kids with... Uh, girl whoa then, uh, whoa whoa shane's obviously a misogynist, a misogynist. yeah yikes <laughs> yes we do shane all right what yeah. about the one with will smith's kid now is shane's i'm gonna tell him about that i, I i've heard a lot of people react violently it. to it i thought i never saw one it. one of jackie chan's best performances jackie chan was in that i never saw jackie it. chan is yeah basically he's like, he's like miyagi. miyagi never saw it but he teaches karate to will smith's kid bada boom bada bing he wins a tournament but they Shocker. do but he, they do this over in it's not will smith it is will smith's kid yeah what's the kid's name though it's jaden smith jaden smith's mom gets a job in china he's feeling out of place the chinese kids are bullying him um, jackie chan shows up jackie chan shows up and says hey hey this ain't Rosita." This ain't this ain't Reseda. He ain't and, he ain't taking chicks putt putting at the pitching and putt. Daniel's mom says, "Punch it, Danny!" <laughs> and and then he wins the tournament. That's that's basically what. Like, what was the name of the uh, apartment complex where Daniel lived? Because they pull up to it in uh, yeah, Cobra it Kai. Yeah, in the Cobra Kai. I don't in high seas or like something like that. Yeah, I don't remember. All I know is that Cobra Kai has really brought me a whole new excitement about the whole karate kid you know catalog of movies yeah 100 percent. I, I think they did a phenomenal job i mean 
doing the flashbacks and splicing and splicing in parts of the movie and and all that. I mean, just just nostalgia. It was just, cool. Just brought that, me back. It was cool that they were able to use those clips and you know be able to because that really tied it all together. So I mean, as a kid, you know, we were what probably like. 10, 12 years old when the first Karate Kid came out. And I mean, I think you guys could all agree at that point, like that movie was like the coolest movie ever. You know, just, I watched it a hundred times. And then to kind of be able to see it now in Cobra Kai version where it kind of brings you back to like when you were that age and then the same saga is going on. So it's, they did a great job of doing it. And no wonder, I think, I think it's like it's the number one uh, thing on Netflix now. So obviously, it, you know, it's it's. Well, no, no, what's great is like middle school kids now are watching Cobra Kai. Like my son's cross country, middle school cross country team, they're like they're doing workouts and sit ups, and they're they're saying you know strike first, strike hard, no mercy as they do like sit ups at practice. Like, I mean, that's pretty cool that there's a whole new generation that are appreciating it and i'm sure they're they've watched you know the original movies or gone back and seen those and they appreciate the cobra kai and it's uh yeah it's definitely cool for for sure what do you think should we uh should we wrap this one up mike i know you were you're kind of upset with me last time that we didn't have a closer closing question you had a whole a whole little thing you wanted to do I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Here, I, I got a good closing question for you guys because it was. Are we? Like, but Mike didn't want us to answer the question. He just wanted. He just wanted to on a question. see our facial expressions yeah, well, and then close it off. Well, that's that's a philosophy major for the, you. He just um, wants you thinking about shit. The end of the end of the the end of the uh, show would be like I'd ask I'd ask Shane like Have you ever? <laughs> don't don't do it. Oh boy. <laughs> Have you ever? Uh, are we still, we're not still recording, are we? Yeah, we're still recording. Oh. You don't want your mom to hear what you were originally going to say. You got anything better? <laughs> it was going to be, you know, uh, Shane. Have <laughs> I, I? I can't even think of anything right now. All right, well, we're just going to imagine we cut the podcast off about thirty seconds ago. Yeah, I mean, we're going to edit here, all this out. Here, let me let me just throw this out there, and okay. it'll be a quick one Proceed. because you guys had previously talked about Brown Steelers Week, and we'll kind of flip back to that game. So one thing that I was thinking about this week was as, as an adversary, who what what guy from your childhood or even to this present day do you hate the most and I guess like or slash respect the most from the other team? So for me, like I got to pick two Steelers that one guy I hate, one guy that I, I respect and love. And obviously Mike's got to do the same for the Browns and Shane's got to do the same for the Steelers. So... I thought that might be a good way to kind of to end it and uh, kind of tie it all back together. What do you guys think? Yeah, sure. absolutely. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Your first, Jim. All right, so for me, because I've been thinking about it, the one guy from the Steelers that I've, I hate. <laughs> and <laughs> Is he still – is he a current Steeler? He's, he's not a current Steeler, but I just thought he was the dirtiest SOB and I, the biggest cheap shot artist in the world is James Harrison. Like, I cannot stand it. I know he's from Coventry, Akron. You know, he's from the area you know, kind he's of. paralyzed. I, I, I feel bad that he's paralyzed now. But, like, <laughs> when he was playing, like, I could not stand that guy. So James Harrison is paralyzed? Wasn't he the one that got? No. I don't R- think he Ryan is. Ryan Shazier. Oh, same <laughs> God. I mean, okay, so I take no, it back. He's I don't an feel, asshole. I, you didn't even correct me, but all right, Ryan Shazier. <laughs> no, 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 James Harrison. I feel terrible for Ryan Shazier. Okay, yeah, he's James a Harrison. Guy. His guts. All right, gotcha. Now I'm on board with James guy Harrison. that I probably respect the most from the Steelers, even though I hate him, was probably Troy Palomalu 
just yeah. for the simple fact that like he he was a game changing animal. I mean, I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. He played for Southern Cal. Like he he destroyed my dreams a lot for like four years, and then he comes to the Steelers and just wreaked havoc on the Browns for another ten, whatever. He's in the Hall of Fame now. Totally respect him. You know, I can't say I like uh, actually like the guy that I probably liked the most from the Steelers of all time has got to be Jerome Bettis because being a Notre Dame fan, like I I love the bus. And uh, at that point too, like the Browns were so bad, it didn't even matter. But <laughs> so those are those are my two: Harrison Hate, Palomalu Bettis, respect slash you know like. Yeah, I think that's fair. Given given your college sports background, I think that's I think that's. Yeah, I, w- I would say for me, as far as Steelers, the um, I was going to say the bus was the one I had the most respect for. I also liked um, now I can't think of his name. Who was the receiver? Heinz Ward. Heinz Ward. I also liked Heinz Ward. I thought he just played hard. He played the right way. I, I always liked Heinz Ward. The guy I probably like dislike the most. I wouldn't say hate, but dislike the most. And I he's an Ohio guy. Is is Roethlisberger? I can't stand yeah. Roethlisberger. He just seems like such a punk. Like <laughs> just such a punk. Like slash rapist. Slash rapist. I didn't want to bring that up. You know, rapistburger, obviously. Um, you know what's interesting? But he's just to such a, about you know the, during that the. The Me Too movement. All of his accusers were very quiet, seemed like. I don't know. I don't know. It was a while ago. I'm sure, I'm sure they probably already got paid off. Yeah, I mean... They signed their I, and I always heard the story about, like, when he was playing at... I think it was... It might have been Latrobe Country Club when they were at camp, and he he was playing there, and he he, um, he made the turn. And he, he told some people he wouldn't sign autographs or something. And Can I tell that story? Yeah. And this is not a great story about Ben Roethlisberger. Did I hear, but it's I, great, I hear this from you, probably. It's a great story about Arnold Palmer. Yeah. And he was playing at Latrobe Country Club, which Arnold, Arnold, I believe Arnold Palmer. That was like his home course. Yeah, yeah his home he owns course. That. So ben, ben, they have an afternoon off. Ben goes and plays 18. And he's like nearly a scratch golfer. He's pretty good. Like Tony Romo-esque uh, style golfer. Well, he... He dated that one female golfer, Nelly Golbus, remember? Yeah, for a little while. Are we calling it dating now? Okay. <laughs> All right, whatever. Sorry, Mike. Go ahead. So he so he goes to the country club. Some members see him there, and they say, "Hey, that's Ben Rossberg. Let's go get his autograph." Ben, at a fairly young age, probably his it was probably his rookie season or just his second year, says, "Look, I I don't have time, guys. I'm gonna go play 18. I'm gonna get back to the gotta get back to the campus and got practice tomorrow, so I don't have time." So he he makes it. A few holes in, Arnold Palmer meets him, <laughs> meets him on a golf cart. He's like, "Hey Ben, welcome. How are you liking the course? Oh, it's great, great Arnold. Thank you so much for having me, sir. It's great, fantastic. Hey, oh great. I'm glad you're having fun. Hey, if you don't go back there and sign every single one of those autographs, you'll never play here again. And then <laughs> drives off. I love that story because it's, it's such a good Arnold Palmer. Story. It's about humility. It's about learning how to handle success and. It probably taught Ben a huge lesson at a young age. I'm not going to say he's not a douchebag. I've never met the guy. I do know that he signed my daughter's uh, football at training camp one year. And, man, every single one of those guys must have spent 45 minutes just doing nothing but signing autographs. But, hey, I don't know if he raped those girls or not. Well, I mean, and I hate Ben as much as any Cleveland fan does. But, like, in his defense, I, I have heard in the last, you know, couple of years he's kind of become more of a family man and has tried to kind of, you know, put all that stuff behind him so hopefully hopefully that is true for his sake and hopefully miles garrett you know rips his face off this week oh, yeah dear. hopefully he oh dear. he gets hit one time and he's out of the game on sunday oh that's what i'm you know 
Yeah, that, I don't want to great. die or be mauled, but that's interesting. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Thank you for that. That's a great uh, tribute. <laughs> hey, speaking of guys who've come back, how about Alex Smith? Uh, yeah, amazing. Did you guys watch that special? On, um... Yeah, but why would you come back? He got sacked six times last week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like you can walk now. Every you're time. a millionaire. Maybe it's time to just say, "Hey, I'm good." Yeah, every time you watch the, you know, you watch him get tackled or sacked, you're wondering if his he's gonna pop up and his femur is gonna be sticking out of his. his I mean, thigh. That, yeah, that offensive line is a freaking. Yeah, it's not the team he, he probably wanted to come back on. No. The Washington football team. The football team. So, so Mark, right, who's Mike, your who players? You got? Who's your yeah, Browns that you yeah. don't like? Or you like? know, there's some there's some Browns I've really respected out of the years, and some have had some pretty short stints. When I was growing up. I was a big. I like Clay Matthews. I love the way he played football. You know, I I loved. Go ahead, Mike. What were you saying about your uh, Browns fans, Browns uh, players? So growing up, uh, Clay Matthews was a fixture of the Browns defense. I always admired the way that he played. Solid player. He's actually the Browns' uh, career sack leader. I can totally believe that. He also owns several like Buick dealerships that did not do well. I mean, there's so many good I things do. to know about him. I do remember <laughs> driving down uh, yeah, Route 90. 90. <laughs> yeah. Like Euclid, yeah. For sure. I've seen a lot of Clay Matthews uh, dealerships. That aside, like it's funny. Why, why, why I liked him is probably a little bit humorous is because I was so slow as a football player. I was a, you know, I, I just, I was never really that fast of a football player. Like not, I mean, these guys are lightning, lightning fast right now. But I remember as he got older and older, it was more, he was just such a great technician and had so much heart. And I don't, I don't know that he'd measure up against today's athletes or even of the athletes of the day when he played, but. He was a phenomenal football player, and it was about effort, and it was about anticipation, and it was about knowing where to be in situational football and experience. And he just seemed like a wise defensive player on the Browns that always was in the right spot to make a great play. And uh, I thought you just liked his great hair. I did like his hair. It was fantastic. Yeah, to see it like flowing out of the uh, he like a, good, he was a good breeder, like a Mark Gastineau. Yeah, and he also has got you know great you know a good lineage. You're talking um, about his daughter and his brothers. Mm-hmm. I didn't specify, but I mean they come from a great line, like the Watt brothers, right? The Watt brothers are uh, well, fantastic. Yeah, they've been, uh, been way better than the or Matthews the brothers. Freaking, um, who, who's the guy in San Diego? And they, they went to Ohio State. The two brothers, their dad was like played football for the Dolphins. Oh my gosh, the Bosa. Bosa's. Oh, oh yeah, yeah Bosa's. Their uncle played in NFL too. Stupid athletic. I'll, I'll mention one more that I really liked. That was a flash in the pan for the Browns. It was Peyton Hillis. Oh, my God. I, I White Buffalo like Avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> that guy was so good that year. Yeah. <laughs> that year, yeah. Then he got a cover of Madden, and it was all downhill from there. Oh, my yeah. goodness. He was he so good. And then He still loves the Browns. If you're on Twitter, like he's always well, talking about the Browns. He loves the them. Claim the fame he's got. Yeah, geez. I mean, he went on. I, oh, I'll mention a third. Uh, Josh Cribbs. Cribs is good. Cribs is good. Yeah, he's, he's a good guy. Josh Cribs, even through Tough the guy. the leaner years, um, was was a bright spot for uh, for the Browns. I really liked watching Josh Cribs play. Special teams, uh, wide receiver, you name it. He even played quarterback for a game or two, I think. <laughs> he, well, he played. He played. Yeah, when Seneca he played Wallace, quarterback in college, like, couldn't yeah. throw using a crutch. He came in. Ah, uh, let's see. Yeah, who didn't you like? Browns players that I that I didn't like. I never liked Frank Minifield. Hated his guts. Oh, 
He was the best. Come on. Yeah, of course you guys love him, but you know, I just he, I, him yeah. and Dixon, like they were the two Hanford. original dogs, man. They, yeah. they created it. Yeah, of course. I had um, posters with those guys when I was a kid. The dog pound. I mean, you, you love. You go into here's the here's the real tough choice is that I'm now raising three sons and a daughter who will probably never be a huge football fan, and it's her choice. But um, it's her choice. I mean, you've disowned her, but it's her choice. <laughs> it's her choice. <laughs> no, but the uh, she's never really been big into football, so she's she's not a Browns fan or Steelers fan or whatever. But the um, I have three boys now that are. One is a diehard Steelers fan. The youngest, and he's my middle child, Zane. And then the youngest is a this is a coin toss. I mean, he'll be in a Browns jersey one day, a Steelers the next, and then Owen is really kind of a on a, you know a fence sitter as well. And I tell him like, hey, look, don't you don't need to decide with your dad here on this one. You know, it's I'm a Steelers fan, and I will be. And when the Steelers aren't competitive. And the Browns are successful. I have so many friends and family that love this team that I'll probably kind of share in their their joy a little bit as well. But it's kind of like, you know, if you live in Chicago, do you really, you know, 20 years ago, do you really want them being Cubs fans growing up? <laughs> um, and, you know, for the kids that here in, in Ohio, do you really, you know, well, where do you want to, you know, is the... Is the sun setting on the Steelers, uh, you know, rain when Ben retires and Tomlin probably exits here in a few years? Or is are the, are the Browns on the rise? I don't know. What do you, you know, I have a responsibility to kind of point these kids in what I think is the right direction. You know, I'm, you know, I, I got to go. I'm, I'm I mean, it's like shit. parenting 101. Like, it's, it's hard. You know, that's... <laughs> It's hard. You got to just put things in front of them and let them make their own decisions. And if they make bad decisions, then you beat them. I mean, they're going to be tougher if they're Browns fans. I mean, resilient, more resilient, more resilient, be more resilient. Uh, uh, Other players that I disliked. You know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, well, you can't dislike too many because you guys kicked our yeah. ass. Yeah, I mean, how so many can like, you hate? Like, how can you? Hate I really it? thank so many of them. <laughs> I don't know. How We're many just so times. many easy yeah. wins where. You know, Ben only had to play the second. McCoy, didn't have to play the second half. I actually thank Hugh, Hugh Jackson for his. <laughs> yeah, I was a big Romeo Cornell fan for his for complete a while. ineptitude. Yeah, yeah, they gave a lot of your players the second half off. I mean, might as well have been on Steelers payroll. <laughs> oh man, I I get it. Uh, you know, I I admired probably more than I hated Frank Minifield was one that is. I just don't know why you like. hate Frank Minifield. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, what, what, what didn't you like? Just, like what, what, didn't you like his Metcalf. attitude? Eric Eric <clears throat> Eric Metcalf made a fool out of a few Steelers players on like Monday Night Football. I That's remember fair. that. Gerald Ice Cube McNeil ran two yeah. touchdowns back back in like '86. Yeah, <laughs> the cube. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. So, uh, Jim, thanks for for joining us. I'm sure this won't be your last appearance on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure, guys. Thanks for the beer, Mike. That's uh. Three Floyd's White Zombie. Like white a, Zombie? I'm sorry, White Dude, Zombie. Wow, my God, he's a misogynist now. He's racist. <laughs> That's a band. Really, <laughs> I guess. I, right. I, I saw Zombie. Band, the white Three Floyd Zombie Dust out of Indiana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Like us. Um, we're on all the podcast services now. I think we'll, we'll be up on Google any day now. So uh, like and subscribe. We'll be posting stuff. If you have any questions... Cutting weight at outlook.com. We got an email. Mike's surprised about that. I won't be answering it apparently, but 
I'll give you the password. You can answer. Send with... us as many questions as you like. I'm happy to help. They're probably going to come from Jim. Is young... most of the questions. <laughs> I'm happy to help young adolescent teens through the, you know their challenges and, and potentially it's a tough time. And also maybe point older adults in the direction of what Alyssa Milano might look like now. Or Elizabeth Shue. We're here to serve. Yeah, I'm happy to help out in any way I can. So please send us emails. I'm sure I'm gonna I'm gonna read everyone thoroughly. <laughs> All right. Thanks everybody.